Hello and welcome to episode five of the Coach Emmanuel Show. This week we're joined by DJ Hamilton and we're going to talk about professional coaching and we'll leave you with a question of the week. Let's get into the show. What position do you want to be? Play from me. Well done, well done. It could be a good tactic for you. Well played. Okay, off you go. Go and do that for me. Go and score with this goal. Okay, so DJ, for our listeners who don't know who you are, do you want to Briefly explain. Okay, so my name is DJ. Um, I've been coaching now for over 10 years. Um, done my youth module awards, level two, level three, and now obviously just on the last part of the journey of the A license. Um, I've coached at Brighton, Millwall, and now Brentford. Um, and I've also been involved pretty much throughout that period with Brighton University side. So there's a little bit of range of, of stuff going on there. Um, worked in communities and schools, so had the whole coaching journey, if you like, up until well, still still waiting for the first team bit, but hopefully so, one day. So, if you were to put a time frame <coughs> on your coaching journey, how long's that been? <sighs> Not going to give away my age because that's a little secret. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's been the best part of what fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. And how's it changed over the fifteen years? Um. You know, it's hard to say if it's changed or not. It's just it's it's a journey, isn't it? So obviously, you're older, you're more experienced, you're exposed to different things, or you stepped up into different environments. So I think coaching for me, in my approach, it will always remain the same in terms of you deal with the players, you build good relationships, and it's football. And if you love the game and you kind of put that across, then that's what you get back. And I think no matter where you are, if that's the basis of what you're doing, it that's that's constant. So you've already mentioned like academies and uh, communities. Is that something you're still heavily involved with? Yeah. So <clears throat> at the moment, I'm area manager for Pro Direct Soccer Academy uh, for Brighton. So there, I go into schools a little bit. Um, I deal with development centres. Uh, so we have what we call a development class. Then we have academy classes and elite groups. So there's the whole range and spectrum there of different abilities and stuff like that, so still heavily involved in that. But then obviously on the other side, I'm <clears throat> working at an academy in terms of Brentford now, where I am, which is a new environment for me. Uh, I've only been doing that since January. And again, then you're around elite players, elite environment, trying to make players that are hopefully gonna play for the club and make professional careers and maybe even internationals. So, so what excites you about working in the academy in Brentford? I think what what I really like in sport, but football's my passion, is the mentality of elite groups. So, and hey, when we say elite, an under seven or an under eight isn't really ever elite, but they've got that attitude and aspirations to want to improve. But most of all, they've got a great desire for what they do. And that's the key thing that you'll see is a little kid, even as young as six, who's pretty decent, is a little bit obsessed and that's the key thing the key ingredient that you get in the elite environments it's something that's constantly on their mind and what they want to do probably more than playing FIFA so you've worked with like U8s and U10s yeah. so what do you look to coach them that we might not automatically assume um, for me so immediately like I've said I've done this whole range and spectrum and like I said, I've got a university team who are actually playing today. Hopefully they're doing well. Um, but with the young ones, it's, it's for me, it's always about 
given them that freedom to express themselves. And sometimes as a coach, you can get caught up in trying to win. And winning is important. I think it's important for people to understand. It is about putting the ball in the back of the net and trying to not let the ball go in your net as much. That's definitely what the game's about. But on that journey, you've got to give kids the, the freedom to express themselves. So if they make a mistake, the first thing a young kid will do is look over to you as the coach. If you're rolling your eyes and whatever, even though you haven't shouted at him, that kid will notice that. And then that's going to have a reaction on them. I'm quite good at not being bothered by that in that environment and, and giving them that freedom to say, look, go and try something. You tried a nutmeg, it didn't work. And we kind of just set, I tried to set little rules like, okay, if you try something and didn't work, just try and get the ball back so you can try again and kind of give that attitude. And I think that's maybe something that might be a little bit different, but it's what we all try to do. Yeah, I interviewed Brad Friedel in January and he said the same thing. He said when he was a kid growing up, what his coach would tell him would be the things he remembered. Yeah. Like all the little things that you don't think matter do make a huge difference to these kids. Yeah. So the way you speak to players, does that uh, stay the same all the way up the age groups or do, do you change the way you speak to them? Um, I think the principle remains the same. So again, I'm very person-based and try to work with the individual. So I... I'll get to know your name very quickly. I might give you a nickname because that helps me remember. I'll find out something about you that you like. Again, it helps me remember who you are, which actually has the nice effect of building a relationship more than just your guy who kicks a ball. And I think if someone knows that you remember something about them, then they're much more likely to feel comfortable in that environment that you create to go and do the things that they want to do or that you want them to do. Um, so I think that's important. It seems clear to me that man management is one of your strengths and something you're quite proud of. Um, have you like adopted a, a coaching style in terms of the way teams play? Obviously, you, you've got a style of how you manage the players. Yeah. But what about on the field? Have you got a coaching style? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe, I love what we call the beautiful game and, and I'm kind of grew up, I'm a Liverpool fan. I don't know if that's good or bad these days, but <laughs> I am. Um, but what the history is about and the passer move is the Liverpool group, that kind of stuff. Barcelona, all of that kind of get the ball, move it, play on different surfaces of the feet, different style and types of passes, quick tempo play. So a, a good friend of mine, he always, I've known him for a, a few years now, working through Brighton, and he, he always says to me, you can always tell a DJ team. So they just pop the ball for fun. So do you, no matter where I see you on your teams, they will pop the ball all over the place. So that's kind of my style and what you would expect to see. But then I understand on top of that, you, you've got to have desire. You've got to have fight. As much as me, like, we might want to pop the ball, there'll be times that we won't be able to because they've stopped us or negated us from doing certain things. And then you've got to have fight, desire, commitment, and it, that comes back to the ultimate thing about trying to win and being a competitor, which is what, again, I like about the elite environment is that people are competitors, even from very young ages. So the English culture hasn't always been to find technical players. No. 
So you clearly look for technical players in your teams. 100%. So how's that going to change the, the culture of the kids we bring through the academy systems? <clears throat> I think... And let me think about how I say this. I think that we're still evolving that, that we have technical players. 100% in the UK, we have technical players. What we might not have as much of, and this is something that academies across the country are always conscious of and we're trying to help create, it's a, I think it's a social situation as well, is that I go back to when I was at school or we played in a playground or in the park and even on this course I was talking to one of the guys and he was talking about his last goal that he scored before he retired from grassroots football, which is it's quite funny, <laughs> yeah. but he told us about the goal and it's a goal that he rang up his mates to prove and they were still buzzing about you don't get many of those moments in academy football and I think that's what we need to try and affect the kid that does something different in, in an unpredictable situation so for example the Deli Ali goal you don't see stuff like that often no even like and at kid level you're supposed to see stuff like that a lot you don't and I think that's something that we need to create kids who want to do bicycle kicks and all kind of stupid things that technically might be the wrong decision but if you get it right and it becomes the right decision it's something that everyone will talk about forever but how that will infuse the imagination the spontaneity of a kid and it's great for us coaches when Deli Ali goes and does something like that the training sessions for the rest of that week I can't explain to you the different things the kids were trying and I think that's probably the problem now is there's not enough things on telly where there's a Deli Ali goal or that Jamie Vardy goal. Or if you go back to the one Peter Crouch scored for Stoke, we don't get enough of those moments. As, as maybe, you know, you go and watch a Brazil 70 video, felt like everything was one of those moments. So it's, it's just football having that spark and that imagination to allow the kids to to want to do those things. So what kind of coaching drills do you set up to encourage kids to experiment with their their technical ability um you've got to understand the foundations so the foundations is passing and receiving i look at it like this if you get good with the basics then your head comes up once a kid's head come heads go up then they're seeing things then they can problem solve when it gets to that stage that's when it gets exciting so you have to make them comfortable with their feet because then when they're comfortable with their feet and in their body, that's when the magic's going to happen. So can you receive it left foot? Can you receive it right foot? Can you receive it in a variety of ways? And I think coaches got to not be afraid of doing lots of repetition on that because actually any player that got good did lots of repetition on those foundations, found the base, and then the other stuff can start coming. If whenever the ball's coming to you, all you're worrying about is can I control it? Forget knowing if a guy's running off your shoulder to play round the corner first time off the outside of your boot because you wouldn't even have seen that bit yet. So it's about mastering one skill at a time? Um, mastering the foundations will allow the other things to happen because if you, if you haven't got control of that, it's difficult then to feel comfortable enough to see and do the other things, I think. But then it's also for coaches to actually be comfortable to let kids try. We're, we're obsessed with decision-making, and rightly so, but understanding what that process of decision-making is, is actually quite tough. So 
it's actually ironic. Yesterday we had a conversation about computer games. I've never thought about it like this before, so it might be a good time. And I don't know if this might be useful to people. Kids play computer games, and the old school computer games, and a lot of the ones that you've got now on the apps and whatever, are just basic games. And how they used to be is you play the game, you get so far, you hit a problem. If you don't solve the problem, you die, the game ends, you start again. Absolutely. In football, it's the same kind of thing. And I think what we've got to do is set up sessions that if you hit that brick wall, you almost reset and it starts again in a way of kids recognising that's what's happened rather than just, because losing the ball is effectively that. But if we can make them recognise that doing that over and over and over again doesn't get me past this level, they'll do something different. And that's, that's the learning, isn't it? And that's, that's what you want. Can, can I find the right decision at the right time? But understanding the right decision isn't success. So there's a story about Cesc Fabregas as a youngster getting a ball in that number 10 position and doing that little lofted pass that he does over the back four. And the guy didn't make the run. And Fabregas, the coach said to Fabregas, hey, listen, that's, that's the wrong decision there. Just, just slide it to him. Fabregas was strong enough to say, no, it wasn't. I just executed the technique wrong. 15 minutes later, he gets the ball. He does it right. He runs on and he scores. And the coach looks at him. Fair play to the coach. He turns around and goes, from that moment on, I realised I'm not going to tell him what was right and what was wrong. And you have to be aware of maybe just what he saw. And if I'd recognised what he saw, I could have just coached him in the technique to execute it better. Or said, nice try. Keep looking for that. Rather than, I think, a lot of the time, and it's something I've done in the past and hopefully grown out of now, is recognising that just because something doesn't work doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. Because I'm sure when Lionel Messi was 10 and he was beating six people, at the fifth one, sometimes he beat him, sometimes he didn't. But which one was right and which one was wrong? Because if you press stop just before, there was probably a pass on. So that could have been the right decision. So if he loses the ball at the sixth man and doesn't pass, oh, bad decision. Next time, he beats him and goes and scores, right decision. That's too fine a line. So it's just about, I think, building awareness around when you're doing this, be aware of what else is happening. Then you've got to make the choice of what happens and what doesn't happen. And then other people around that, understanding what their roles and responsibilities are. So say we get a player in the attacking third and he's just in the right place at the right time. He's always there. Yeah. He knows what's around him. So he, he's there. He's a decision maker player. Uh-huh. He's there. How how do we teach kids to learn how to be in the right place? Something they feel. Is it a, an innate trait or can we actually coach that? Like when Fabregas gets in those pockets. You can encourage it. So you can coach it by encouraging it, but I think it's a personality trait. And I'd like to see myself sort of having a little bit of specialism with younger kids because I've spent a lot of time there and I really think about what they do. I even worked in an infant and nursery school for a while to understand about young, young people and how they learn. And my little brother is quite interesting. He's not my real little brother, but I call him my little brother. I was talking to his mum and she was saying, she's got four kids, all really successful. And she's like, when they were young, this one played with Lego and always liked to build stuff. This one was always drawing and marking, designer. This one was always mixing potions, whatever, pharmacist. And she said, all we ever did was encourage what they liked to do and just allowed them to get really good at it. 
the striker kids are always in the right place at the right time probably just don't like people being in their space so they move and you come in their space they move again and they move again because they understand if I want to have the best chance of scoring that goal or getting on the ball I need to not have you around me because when you're not around me people don't give me the ball or I score less so I'll move and it's just trying to encourage that as much as possible and you can develop it a bit as a coach by having sessions that relate to that but they have to be continuous if you're going to develop a habit so to speak because that's what it will be if it's not innate you've got to develop the habit so you've got to do it continuously over a period of time until it becomes someone's second nature then you, you can develop it but the best ones will probably be the ones that have already got that in them and then you develop that because they're already starting ahead it's like running a marathon and you starting halfway and me starting behind you're going to win yeah interesting really interesting so we spoke about a whole range of things let's just flick to Brentford for a minute what, uh -huh. what are your aims for your work at Brentford <coughs> good question um, I'm new in the door only been there since January um, for me it's about trying to help and develop as many kids as possible um, in, in the model that we have and, and the style and, and how we do things to encourage kids to try and be the best that they can be but to enjoy what they do so I work in the foundation phase at Brentford um, and if kids are doing that helping them through the struggles because there's definitely sometimes where it's not going well and a kid, the kid puts so much pressure on themselves to try and be the best they can to let them understand it's alright to fail because actually failing is the point before success you look at anyone who's ever done anything you have to fail because that's when you're learning or where you're about to learn um, and just try and really help them through that so try and be the best that I can be in understanding what sessions they respond to what they need at the right time how to motivate and engage them and how to keep letting them do what they love doing. And I think if I can do that, then we're gonna get players that are going through to the next phase that are ready for that next stage in their development. Cool, we look forward to seeing how it works out. So each week we ask our listeners a uh -huh. question. Okay. And they tweet us, then they comment, and they get back to us, let us know their answers. Okay. So do you wanna guest do the question? Yeah. Do you wanna guest in and do it? Okay. Yeah. So it could be anything in terms of like developmental academies up into the pro game. We have a lot of grassroots coaches. Okay. So maybe something based around that might be a good idea or uh, communities, like what people are doing to get their kids into the communities, that kind of thing. So okay. And I'll so, put you on the spot a bit, but just... that's all right. So you want me to come up with a question for all of our listeners? Okay. My question that I would throw out there to the world of football is. What are we doing as coaches to help the dribblers of this world? So what are we doing as coaches to help the dribblers of this world? And how do we allow them to be different in an environment where everything is trying to be the same? I don't know if that's too complex the way of putting it. It's fine. But yeah, that's, that's, that's my question. How do we help the dribblers? So... Going back to what we were talking about, a creative player, if he picks up the ball and tries to beat people, are we saying to him, oh, you should pass there? Because there's only going to be one or two players that are like that. Yeah. That are really like that. All kids want to try stuff, but 
the, the real dribblers, you can see the difference. If we can help them, if we can answer that question, then the UK is going to be a much more exciting place for football. Cool, thank you. Thanks for being on the show. No worries, thank you for having me. What position do you want to be? Play from me. Well done, well done. It could be a good tactic for you. Well played. Okay, off you go. Go and do that for me. Go and score with this goal.